We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. It's game day. We've got Lakers versus Jazz tonight, 6.30 Pacific time. You can come join Lakers Nation over on Playback. You can find us playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Watch the game with us and hang out. The play-by-play will, of course, also be on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation. I'm going to preview that game a little bit on today's show. We'll talk a bit about Lakers Jazz, which... It's actually way scarier than we thought it would be just a few weeks ago because the Jazz are suddenly red hot. I also need to talk a bit about the trade market and what's going on there. And, of course, open up the mailbag as well. So lots to get into on today's show. Before I do, quick reminder, we are getting close to that February 8th trade deadline. So if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications. And check out the perks that we offer for channel members. You can check that out by clicking that Join button over on the YouTube channel. We'll also put the link in the description down below. All right, let's dive into it. Let's start off with the trade front for the Lakers right now. Lakers trade talk right now. Most of it seems to be circled around DeJounte Murray. Now, of course, we've heard Zach Levine as a potential target. We've heard a few other guys, Dorian Finney-Smith, of course, Alex Caruso, uh, DeMar DeRozan. There's a few other names, Royce O'Neal few names that are out there that the Lakers could be targeting on the trade market. I think there's been a few things that are clear right now, though. Um, the first thing is that the Lakers need a trade. I, I think that much is, is just it's painfully obvious at this point. The Lakers losing their last game badly. Um, that was that was ugly. What we saw out of the Lakers against the Phoenix Suns. And I'll tell you this. What was most upsetting, and I know a lot of my my mailbag questions are going to be pertaining to that game and the fallout from it and all of that. But the Lakers get blown out against the Phoenix Suns. And as much as we want to harp on, well, the the Suns getting hot from three and the Lakers three-point defense and the rotations and all that, like that's all certainly important. And that's all stuff to be upset about. It's all stuff to be concerned about. But you know what really bothered me about that game? Once I got to really like process that 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 wound, that pain. Once I got to really process that, what really bothered me was how quickly the Lakers went. Nah, not our night. No, nah, you guys. No, nah, you guys take this one. You get now. Nah, you guys take this one. We'll get the next one, maybe. You know, whatever. No big deal. Oh, oh, you guys want to win tonight, Suns? You guys want? Okay, okay. Go ahead. 
be our guest. It felt like as a team, they waved the white flag, not necessarily in terms of the rotations or anything like that, but energy-wise. The just kind of the the body language of the team very quickly. I mean, the Suns came right out of the gate. Their first possession was an open corner three for Grayson Allen, and it was the same old stuff for the Lakers. Overhelp into the paint, kick out to an open three. And I talked about this on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel yesterday. The Lakers are now dead last in the NBA in uh in three pointers made by opponents. Right? No team gives up more or gets more threes made against them than the Lakers do. On top of that, the Lakers are also dead last in opponents' three-point attempts that were considered to be wide open. Those two things tend to go hand-in-hand, give up a lot of wide-open threes. You're going to have a lot of three-pointers made against you. But dead last in wide-open threes, given up. That's what the Lakers are right now. Uh, 25th in opponents' threes attempted. 22nd in opponent three-point percentage. So what all of this means is that teams have figured out the Lakers' defense. Teams have figured out that if you just kind of give a half-hearted drive into the paint, the Lakers' defense will overreact. Even if Anthony Davis is the defender back there, which baffles me, Anthony Davis at the rim is the guy that I would feel, out of everybody, out of everyone in the NBA, I would feel most comfortable if I'm a perimeter defender funneling a player towards Anthony Davis than anyone else. And yet the Lakers still overhelp into the paint. And now teams, all they have to do is just, you know, a little half-hearted drive into the paint, and they're going to kick out and get an open corner three. Most of the time, they figure that out very quickly. So that's something that obviously needs to change against the Jazz uh, in this game tonight because the Jazz can indeed and will shoot the three. They'll, they'll shoot a lot of them. But the Lakers started off their game against the Suns by giving up that open corner three that we've seen way too often. And it felt like just the energy right from that initial jab that the Suns threw was just off. Like the Lakers just went, yeah, we don't want any of this. Which for a team that's been in this slump, whatever you want to call it, downward spiral, nosedive, that can't ever be the mentality. Not in the spot that they're in. They won two games in a row. That doesn't mean suddenly everything is good and all is great and the skies have parted, clouds are cleared, everything's good. No, and the Lakers kind of treated that game that way. Kind of treated it that way. And that's concerning. That's definitely concerning about this Lakers team and what we saw against the Phoenix Suns. So um, I, I think it's pretty clear that even if it's just to create an energy shift, and by the way, Chris Haynes reported and also Sam Amick a few days before reported that Darvin Ham's not going anywhere. So sometimes there can be an effect where when you fire a coach, you bring in a new coach, there is a temporary bounce. There's an improvement of play just because uh-oh, there's a new coach in town and all the players are a little bit more locked in for those few games. Things tend to slip after that, but the Lakers aren't going to get that temporary bounce because they're going to keep Darvin Ham. That's, that's the word. They're hanging on to Darvin Ham as their head coach. So the only other way that you're going to shake things up is, well, you're either going to get an impact player returning and no disrespect to Gabe Vincent, but he's not that. He's not the guy that's going to come back and just bolster your team and Everybody, okay, we got Gabe Vincent back. We're good. Um, or Rui Hachimura, who is, by the way, expected to play tonight against Utah. That's that's important 
captain out. Rui Hachimura should finally be returning to action after that calf strain. So we should get to see him against the Jazz. But you're not going to get that effect, that, that boost that you would get from like a star player returning. You're not going to get that boost from the coach being fired. So the only other way you're going to get that is on the trade market. And we saw last season, the Lakers made a couple of moves at the trade deadline. They moved a number of players. Actually, I guess it was more than a couple of moves. Technically, a few few trades got kind of sandwiched together when we get into, you know, the Mo Bamba and Patrick Beverly and all, you know, all that kind of stuff. It all wound up kind of pieced together. But the bottom line is that the Lakers last season made a bunch of moves and it sparked a run. It sparked a real run. Sparked a run that took them all the way to the Western Conference Finals. And so I think that's that's something that they may look to replicate this year. And something I think they need to replicate. You know, before we even get into the what is it that the Lakers need, what what pieces do they do? They need three-point shooting, they need another big, do they need um, is it two-way players, which I've talked about a lot, guys who can play both sides of the ball. I'm not talking about two-way contracts. They need a spark. This team needs something to wake them out of this slumber, this funk, whatever you want to call it, that they're in. And again, it's not coming from a coaching change. It's not coming from a player returning to action. So it needs to come on the trade market. Now, in terms of what we've heard about the trade market so far, it's that the Lakers are very much interested in DeJounte Murray. That's the name they are most connected to right now. I think there's a path to getting a deal done for Zach Levine if the Lakers want to. I don't think they want to. At least not that much. Otherwise, they'd be doing it. Right? The, the word right now is nobody's interested in Zach Levine. Is that an overstatement? Perhaps. Right? Maybe that's being put out there by teams that you know are not the Chicago Bulls. Clearly, the Bulls wouldn't put that out there because that does not help them at all. But... Nonetheless, it does seem like they are more interested in DeJounte Murray than they are in Zach Levine. And that makes some sense. Uh, DeJounte Murray, 27 years old, only $18 million on his contract this year. Four years under contract after this, but it's all, I mean, pretty team-friendly for what he is. When you're looking at his deal, especially when you figure the cap is rising, uh, this, this is a good contract. This is a good contract that should retain value into the future. And that, in and of itself, is attractive, in addition to what he can provide on the floor. And, you know, sometimes this happens when guys are in trade rumors. But DeJounte Murray, you look at what he did, played the Pacers tonight. Well, that's something worth noting. The Pacers play at, like, the fastest pace in the NBA. So that's worth noting. But nonetheless, against the Pacers uh, last night, 29 points, four assists, four boards, three steals, three for six from deep, 13 of 18 shooting. That was DeJounte Murray for the Hawks. And they lost. By nearly 20 points, they lost by 18. But DeJounte Murray, man, he's, uh, I hope if the Lakers trade for him, he's not burning out all of his made shots here because for the month of January, he's played now five games in the month of January. He's shooting 51% from the field, 53% from three, uh, averaging four and a half rebounds, 3.8 assists, and 25.3 points. He is absolutely killing it right now for the Atlanta Hawks was shot, but and then in the month of December, shot 39% from three, which is really good compared to his career averages. Five and five in terms of rebounds and assists, 21 points. He's been on a tear this season. Of course, we'd have to keep our fingers crossed and hope that with the Lakers, he, the three-point tax wouldn't come into effect and he'd be able to continue shooting well from outside. But when you're seeing what DeJounte Murray is doing right now at 27 years old, 
can understand why the Lakers would look at him and say, yeah, give us that guy. Give us that guy, especially when we've heard from Chris Haynes that the Lakers need what they're looking for anyway is at the guard position, speed and quickness. Makes sense. D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves provide neither of those things. So they're looking for a point of attack defender, which I think DeJounte Murray's reputation as a defender is a little bit better than what he truly is. But nonetheless, the word broke today, or I'm sorry, yesterday. I'm recording this uh, Friday evening, but uh, word broke that According to Adrian Wojnarowski, the Lakers and Hawks have indeed exchanged ideas on a DeJounte Murray trade talk, uh, trade situation. Now, most of us assume that's an Austin Reeves deal. And that's what we've been told, right? That the Hawks want Austin Reeves in the deal. And that maybe they'd even be able to be willing to put a little bit extra in in order to get Austin Reeves into the deal. Um, There have been some rumblings, multiple sources have told me this at this point, that on the Lakers' side, they feel like there may be the potential to do something without Austin Reeves. Um, I don't know if I buy it. Right? Again, that's coming from the Lakers' side. I'll admit, that sounds too good to be true, frankly. Uh, doing something around like a, like D'Angelo Russell in draft compensation, Rui Hachimura in draft compensation. I, I don't see that. I think the, the market for DeJounte Murray's services, given his contract, is going to be too robust. I would be surprised, I'm pleasantly surprised, no question, if the Lakers could pull something like that off. But nonetheless, it's something that's out there, that maybe they could pull something out without including Austin Reeves. Otherwise, though, uh, Jake Fisher had yesterday that the, or two days ago, that the Hawks may be willing to include more if, if the Lakers will put Austin Reeves into the deal. So this is something that the Lakers are looking at. Right now, this feels like the strongest possibility. But the Zach Levine potential is still out there. DeMar DeRozan is still a player that's out there. Maybe our old friend Alex Caruso. I think the bottom line, of course, with all of this, is that the Lakers need to get something done, probably multiple somethings done, by the trade deadline. And they need to add multiple things to their roster, particularly two-way players are a need. Three-point shooters are a need. We can debate whether or not they need another big now that Christian Wood, who, by the way, should be back in action after dealing with a migraine last game against the Suns, uh, it, depending on how he's playing, he's been played very well since returning the rotation. Bottom line, the Lakers, there's a necessity for them to be active here at the trade line, trade deadline. They need to get some stuff done. And we'll see. Last year, this time, Rob Palenka pulled off some magic, was able to move Russell Westbrook, get a return, was able to get Rui Hachimura for Kendrick Nunn at that point, and second-round picks, that worked out, and the Lakers made a deep playoff run. As a result, we'll see if history can repeat itself. All right, let's talk a little bit about Lakers versus Jazz. So the Lakers and the Jazz, you know, a few weeks ago, we would have looked at this stretch of the schedule and went, hey, man, the Lakers have some tough games, but at least they've got Utah. At least you've got Utah. That is the break in the schedule. Smooth sailing through that one, everybody. Not so much. Not so much. Because, of course, Utah is right now one of, if not the hottest teams in the NBA. They have won seven of their last eight. Seven of their last eight. They, right before I started recording this, they destroyed the Raptors, who the Lakers beat by one. That put the Jazz now one spot ahead of the Lakers. That has now knocked the Lakers to 11th 
in the Western Conference standings. The Lakers sitting one game below 500 at 19 and 20. The Jazz now 20 and 20. Again, they've won seven of their last eight. And it's not just that they've won seven of their last eight. Like if they had won seven of their last eight and it was the Pistons, the Wizards, the Hornets, like they were playing all those teams, that would be one thing. This is their schedule. This is their last seven games that they've won. Or I'm sorry, this is their last eight games. I'll just read them all off. Their last eight games. Uh, they beat Miami, Dallas, Detroit. Lost to Boston. Actually got blown out by Boston. Now they're on a four-game winning streak again. So they've won three games in a row. Miami, Dallas, Detroit. That's no joke. Miami and Dallas? Okay, Detroit's a gimme, but still. Miami and Dallas? Holy moly, Right. Then you lose to Boston. Now they've won the last four. These have been their opponents. The 76ers, the Bucks, the Denver Nuggets, the Raptors. In other words, you look at that stretch. Four in a row. Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Denver. Four of the top teams in the league. You could make an argument. The three top teams in the East and the top, the most likely to come out of the West in the playoffs, right? In Denver. And they went three and one against them. The Utah Jazz, the rebuilding Utah Jazz, and they just blew out Toronto by what was the final score? Oh my goodness. They blew them out by 32 points. Okay. Yeah, this is no longer a thank goodness you've got the Jazz on your schedule, the get right game. The Lakers are the favorite, but I wonder now that this Toronto game is finished if that's going to change. The Jazz will be on the second night of back-to-back. A home back-to-back. They played the Raptors. But this is a tough task. This is a tough task. In Utah, you now have to play this team that has all the confidence in the world, and the Lakers don't. Has all the confidence in the world, They're lighting teams up right now. They're shooting great from three. They're getting to the free throw line. They're playing together. On paper, the Lakers should tear through this team no problem if you just compare these rosters. But with what's happening right now, I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. Uh, Again, last I looked, the Lakers are still a slight favorite. It was like a point and a half favorite. Last I looked here, let me see if that's shifted. Uh, Lakers are two and a half point favorite right now. That's over on ESPN. Lakers are two and a half point favorite, but uh, this Jazz team is playing really good basketball. So, what do the Lakers need to do? Well, for one thing, we they got to knock it off with the overhelping into the paint. You got to trust that Anthony Davis can do Anthony Davis things and stop giving up the open threes. The Jazz will punish you. Lowry Markinen can knock him down. Our old friend Jordan Clarkson can do it. Colin Sexton. They've got enough guys that can hit the three. Kelly Olenek is always a thorn in the Lakers' side. They've got plenty of guys that can burn you if you give them those open looks. So that is first and foremost defensively. I think something that needs to change, It's it sticks out like a sore, th- sore thumb, and teams are really starting to exploit that. So that is something that's got to get fixed here. you got to keep the Jazz off the offensive glass. That is for sure. Um, And and frankly, this Lakers offense has just got to get going. Um, Against the Suns, they looked completely harmless. All right? I mean, this this offense looked like they were just non-threatening. They could not get anything going. Went through long stretches where they couldn't score the basketball. 
took a while to get into their sets, settled for bad shots way too often. The turnovers were terrible. Their offense has got to get fixed. It's got to get fixed fast. There's no getting around it. They've got to figure that out. And against this Jazz team, if they go into this game thinking, oh, this is just the Jazz, whatever, if they aren't paying as much attention as I am to what the Jazz have done in their last stretch, and I look, if I can look at the schedule, the Lakers, the coaching staff, they certainly can too, and they can see what Utah has been doing. But if they take this as this is a Jazz team that's not any good, they're going to lose. Uh, I'll just be blunt. They're going to lose if they approach this game as this is our gimme win. It's not anymore. Not with what Utah has been doing. They have to come out focused. They have to execute on the offensive end. They have to control the glass. Don't let the Jazz get going on the offensive glass because that can be a problem. They can be good there. And then they've got to defend that three-point line, force the Jazz into the paint, and let Anthony Davis do what Anthony Davis does, contesting at the rim. Those are all key points for this one. I'll admit, I'm a little nervous about this one. But the good thing, if you're like me and you're a little nervous for this game, we can get through it together. Again, come join us over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Hang out with Lakers Nation during the game. Watch the game together. You can also hang out on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation, to get our play-by-play as well. So two places to come hang out with us during the game. All right, I do need to get into the mailbag before I get there, though. Uh, do need to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, and that is Doer Jeans. I'd like to give a shout-out to our sponsor, and that is Doer Jeans. I'm the kind of guy that prioritizes comfort above all else, but with Doer, I don't get just comfort. I also get a great look. Doer are the kind of jeans that you can wear just lounging around the house and be perfectly comfortable in them, but you could also wear them out to dinner, which is Pretty much how I use them. I lounge around the house. I will also wear them out to dinner. I will wear my doer jeans anywhere. They are a stretch performance denim and lifestyle apparel that's designed for all-day comfort and durability. They have styles for men and women that can be worn year-round. They're antibacterial as well, which means less washing, which is something that I really like. And they're sustainably crafted to last, so they'll be in my closet for years to come. Now, if you're a local fan in LA, Doer's flagship store is located on Larchmont Boulevard in central LA. Highly encourage you to go try them for yourself and see just how comfortable they are. If you're not in LA, you can still shop online at shopdoer.com slash Lakers Nation. I love my Doer jeans. I know you will too. Check out Doer's flagship store in LA or Denver or go to shopdoer.com slash Lakers Nation. You get 15% off site wide right now when you use that URL, shopduer.com slash Lakers Nation. Take advantage because Doer never goes on sale. Don't wait. 15% off. Go to shopdoer.com slash Lakers Nation. All right. So do check out Doer Jeans. Let's get into. The mailbag here. Uh, I could be surfing, said deadly combo. Other teams having a player get hot against us and our three-point shooters are cold. We need players with Mamba mentality, not sharpshooters. I mean, you need players that have that kind of gritty mentality, that, that Mamba mentality. Sure, I agree with that. But you also need guys who can, who can shoot. I mean, like you could have a bunch of defense first guys with Mamba mentality, but if they can't shoot, they're not going to provide the floor spacing that you need. But I get what you're saying. You need some guys who are going to step up. Um, 
and uh, and make big plays when you need them to. Maddie James said, really frustrating with Ham's lack of adjustments and never calling a timeout when we needed to. Is it too much to ask from our head coach? No, it's not too much to ask. And I almost felt like Darvin too. Just and he even said it after the game. That was his his comment was just one of those games. Not oh well, you know, just one of those games, just one of those things that happens. Oh, I guess we're out of the playoffs. Huh? Shucks, just one of those things. Crazy. Didn't seem like that was a game the Lakers felt like they had to win or they needed to win. It felt like they kind of went, well, we've won three against the Suns. Let's uh, yeah, let's give them this one. Not a fun watch, that last game, that's for sure. Ali said, the fact that LeBron and AD are healthy, along with a better roster, makes this season feel worse than the rest year. These losses are so frustrating. Oh, agreed. They are frustrating. They are frustrating. And, and it is concerning that LeBron and AD have mostly been healthy this season. And yet the Lakers are not winning games. And some of that is everybody else has been hurt. But I, I can't write that. I mean, Darvin has mentioned that a few times. But other teams have a lot of guys hurt too. And as long as their stars are healthy, they're finding ways to win games. The Lakers have enough to win games right now. They've got enough healthy players. But they're not getting it done. Wesley, this game was straight disappointing. Yeah, I mean... Hard not to be disappointed watching that. Why was LeBron laughing? Shouldn't he be embarrassed? I don't know. He was over on the bench laughing. I don't know what he was laughing at specifically. Um, but can't imagine there was a lot of people that were happy in the Lakers locker room afterwards, or they shouldn't have been. If they were, that's a problem. Uh, Goat James said, Trevor, do you think minor trades will actually make us contender? It's very hard to see. Well, it depends. Like, do you see, is DeJounte Murray a minor trade? Like, in hindsight, was getting D'Angelo Russell and Jared Vanderbilt and Rui Hachimura, are those minor trades? Because those worked pretty well. Sometimes it's just a minor tweak. Because I have a lot of people saying, no, we don't need, you know, it's not Alex Caruso isn't going to fix this. We need a star. Well, the Lakers aren't getting a star. You're not going to find the trade to go get Giannis. You're not getting Jokic. You're not getting Luka. Those trades aren't out there. I mean, Jake Fisher just did the piece the other day about how DeJounte Murray may be the biggest name moved at this year's trade deadline. Now, I don't know that that's 100% going to be the case, but that I think some people are looking for, all right, the Lakers need to go out there and make the move, right? The Clippers got James Harden. Go get us a big name like that. I don't think that's there. I don't think that move is out there right now. And maybe I'm wrong. We'll see by February 8th, but... Right now, I think you're you're going to try to mimic last year where the moves may not be the biggest moves, but they may have an outsized effect on your team. Super Dope Hip Hop said, Levine, the last four years, 25-5-5 and five on 48-39-84. Yeah. I, look, offensively, he did. I would be so much more in on a Zach Levine trade if he had DeJounte Murray's contract. So much more in. If they weren't paying him $50 million at the end of the deal. And it's not so much that, like, I'm not worried about Genie Buss's pocketbook. I'm worried about building out the roster around the rest of the guys and what that can do. Um, he says, send Rui Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell, Gabe Vincent for Zach Levine. See, if that was, if that's the deal, no draft capital, nothing, just straight up three players for one. That's kind of hard to say no to. I mean, I like Rui a lot. 
D'Lo, I think, is going to be in just about whatever trade package the Lakers can come up with. Gabe Vincent has been MIA this season, not by his own fault. He's been hurt. I think the Lakers are still optimistic that he can provide something when he gets healthy. Hopefully that'll come, I'm guessing, post-All-Star break. And again, that's my educated guess. Post-All-Star break is when we'll see Gabe Vincent. But if that's the deal, if the Bulls are just like, man, just get this contract off our books, we'll split them up into some smaller deals. Maybe you kind of have to do something like that. If you're out on DeJounte Murray, if that doesn't work out. Cool dude said AD and LeBron laughing on the sideline after a blowout loss shows you they don't take these games seriously. And trade Austin Reeves while you can. So Austin is still a very good offensive player. Defensively, he does get picked on a little bit. I think part of the issue with his defense is when he gets targeted, it's very loud. Like you notice that teams are going after him. And if he gets scored on in those isolation isolation situations, it makes people go, oh, see, Austin Reeves is a terrible defender. And you're not paying as much attention to the stuff that he does off ball. I'm not saying he's a good defender. I'm just saying those plays, I think, make us think even more negatively. Uh, he actually has, in fact, he has a negative effect right now. I looked this up uh, today. He has a negative effect on opponents' three-point percentage. You wouldn't think so, given the, this Lakers roster and the way their three-point shooting has been, our three-point defense has been. But Austin does have a negative effect on the three-point shooting of his opponents. Um, not so much at the rim or in the paint because he gets you know bullied a little bit there. But I don't know that it's a trade Austin Reeves while you can situation. If it was, then the DeJounte Murray deal would already be done because that's who the Hawks want. They want Austin Reeves in the deal. And every team wants Austin Reeves. Every team that calls the Lakers says, what do you want for Austin? He's got a great contract. He's a talented player. Have there been some bumps in the road this year for sure but i also think there's a reason why so many teams want him and that's not because he's just terrible and you need to get rid of him while you can will the lakers trade him maybe they eventually get to a point and they say man we got to do something this season and this is our only option i don't know um mamba mentality said need a trade we've seen how the team looks when their offense shows up and when it doesn't like tonight need to trade for a player that brings offense yeah they, they need a spark on the offensive end. They need some firepower. They need somebody who can take some pressure off of LeBron and AD. Because let me tell you, I think the Lakers' best chance to being good or great in any phase of basketball, it's their defense. But guess what? If you're a bottom third offense, you can be an elite defense and you're still not going anywhere. So you do have to fix this offense while not negatively impacting your defense too much. Ideally, you get better with both. Trey said, I'm ready for January 15th. Well, now we are uh, two days away. January 15th is when Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura become trade eligible. So if you are of the mindset that the Lakers should trade Rui or should trade Austin or that either one of those guys should be or both should be in a package for a player, that trade cannot go down literally for a couple more days. After January 15th, everyone aside from Anthony Davis and Jared Vanderbilt is trade eligible on the Lakers roster. Cinema Monkey said, if, and it's a big if, Darvin Ham loses his coaching position, why don't we go for Budenholzer? He's a championship-level coach and is currently free right now. Seems like a steal. Well, Darvin Ham is from the Budenholzer system. So, yeah, that, that's maybe a little bit you know, problematic there, right? In that it's like... 
you're you're gonna get and look, Budenholzer and Darvin Ham are not the exact same coach, but you're gonna get somebody similar. Like, let's say you went and got you got Iron Man to take out a particular super villain villain. All right, let's say you're going up against all right, let's let's really do this. If we're gonna do this, let's do this. Let's say you get Iron Man, right? To go and take out Magneto. You can imagine why that would be problematic. The dude who controls all metal and everything going against a guy named Iron Man. All right, look, Tony Stark is smart and maybe he can figure something out, but he's at a natural disadvantage. Let's say Iron Man loses. That's like going and getting War Machine. Okay, Iron Man didn't work quick. Let's go get War Machine. Actually, flip that. I should have done War Machine first because he's kind of the protege, which is the the Darvin Ham role. So it's like War Machine fails, and then you go get Iron Man. You kind of have the same disadvantages, don't you? You know, one's a little more accomplished than the other, but you didn't really change a whole lot. If you're looking for a big scheme change or something like that, Budenholzer is not really the answer because Darvin Ham is a Budenholzer disciple. So again, it's like War Machine doesn't work out. Let's go get Iron Man. You're going to have the same issues. John said, stop this Reeves experiment. He can't be the third star of this team. Badly need a legit scoring threat when LeBron decides to pass the ball. I do think they need more of a scoring threat. I think what Austin, what makes Austin's game work is that he can do so many different things. He's versatile on the offensive end. He can handle the ball. He can pass. He can shoot. He can get to the basket and get to the free throw line, do all those things. Now, has he done all of those things to the same degree as we would hope he would? Maybe not, right? We think about the guy that we saw um, closing out Memphis that was just unstoppable, that was hitting all these tough shots and all of that. We haven't quite seen Austin at that level. We've seen flashes, though, um, this season. But is Reeves the third star? You know, Darvin Ham hyped him up as an all-star. I thought if he maintained that efficiency, maybe he could get himself to that caliber of play. We just haven't seen it so far this season. If we're assuming that Austin is not going to become that kind of all-star tier guy this season, then, yeah, you probably do need to get another offensive weapon in. It's part of why the Lakers' offensive rating is so poor. That Austin and D'Angelo, and part of it as well is Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell very rarely have good games on the same night, right? They, they go through stretches. Austin will go through stretches where he's great, but then usually that's when D'Lo is slumping. Or D'Lo will be good and looking confident, and then Austin is having an off night. And so that's part of it, too. Part of the reason why the Lakers had success last season when they had those guys in the same backcourt was both players would have it going on any given night. Now, and we talked all about this, uh, Dennis, last season, Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell. I said it so many times. You need two of those guys to have a good game on any given night. Just two. One guy, one of those three can have an off night, and you'll be just fine. But you need two of them to be on most nights. And... Mostly the Lakers got that from those guys. Now it's just Austin and D'Lo. Gabe Vincent is hurt, and it's been one or the other. Just one of those guys really has it going on any given night. I think that's part of the reason why the Lakers' offense has been uh, so bad. Sad seeing LeBron, AD, and Ham laughing. A lot of people are upset about the laughing. Sad. Reeves was the only one who looked upset. Hashtag fire Darvin. Again, I I don't want to speculate about what they were laughing about, what may have gone on, but I get it. It's not a great look. Lakers fans are upset and angry and all that. You want to see the team reflect that emotion. And so when they're on the bench laughing and 
doesn't feel great. Uh, RGN Cal said, making the Western Conference Finals, signing these guys was the worst thing to happen to us. Trade Reeves, D'Lo Rui, Reeves stock is high, might be worth, uh, might be the worst starting point guard. So you're ready to cash out on all these guys. And just, I think if you're at that point, and you can make an argument for this, but essentially you have to believe that Austin Reeves is what we've seen so far this season, period. That's that's what he is as a player, and this is what he always will be. The guy that we saw like in the playoffs last year, that's not him. Um, that D'Lo, the slump that he was in, the way he's playing right now is what he is permanently, and the guy we saw back in November was fake, was a mirage. If you believe those things, if those things in your mind are 100% accurate and correct, and that Rui will never get healthy, the guy that we saw in the playoffs last year no longer exists. If those things in your mind are accurate, then yes, you have to trade all of, all of them right now. Right now, you've got to trade them. If you believe that there are ebbs and flows to a player's production and that these guys, just as they may go through cold stretches, will get hot as well. And particularly with Rui Hachimura's case, he's uh, known to be a playoff performer. Then you can look at an argument for keeping those guys. Logan said two trades, Vando and Austin. Well, that's dead. Can't trade Vando. Can't trade him this year. Can trade him over the summer, but this season cannot be traded. Uh, but he's got Vando and Austin for Murray. Uh, D'Lo and a first-round pick for Dorian Finney-Smith. Would a variation of this work for all three teams? Uh, again, you'd have to remove Vando, so, and, and that would have to be, I mean, you could replace his salary with Gabe Vincent, I guess. Is that enough value for the Hawks? Probably not, but yeah. Um, if you walk away with DeJounte Murray, Dorian Finney-Smith, that's pretty solid, but then you're giving up, in this case, you're giving up a first-round pick, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Jared Vanderbilt. To me, that, that feels like kind of a lot. I mean, I like I also look at Jared Vanderbilt. He's not been up to par this season, up to what the expectations are. But he's also dealt with the injury for much of the season. Are there better days ahead for Jared Vanderbilt? Again, if you believe that he just, this is what he is, then maybe you do look to move on from him over the summer. I think you can make an argument, though, that there's reason to believe that these guys will be better than that. That what they are right now is not who they're going to be permanently. Super dope hip hop, 39-year-old LeBron tired because ham idiotically plays him 38 minutes per game post in-season tournament well ham i mean ham's feeling the pressure to try to win games and right now that's his best shot to win games is to play lebron and ad but it's not ideal not if you want those guys healthy for the playoffs eric said reeves does nothing better than Dejounte on the court reeves has a more team-friendly deal that's it Dejounte is the superior basketball player i think you can make that argument that Dejounte murray's the better player reeves is also younger um not by a ton but he is younger then DeJounte Murray does definitely have the better contract between the two. Not that DeJounte Murray has a bad contract, certainly does not. But um, yeah, I mean, like if this was one for one, Reeves for DeJounte Murray, it's kind of hard to say I'll, I'd keep Reeves. It's more the, the sentiment that it, when you add in the salaries, it has to be like D'Lo and Reeves or Rui and Reeves in order to make the math work on it. I guess you could do Reeves and like Torian Prince and get a DeJounte deal done. Um, that would stack up to enough salary to, to do it. So there maybe there's a way around it there. But Preston said, Austin Reeves' deal has to have two good players and draft compensation or not worth it. Ham seriously has to go. 
Changes come from the top down to have genuine turnaround. Uh, again, news is that Darvin Ham's not going anywhere this season. So that's that's I think that's that's pretty much done. As far as Austin getting two good players and draft compensation, it depends on, you know, it's all in the eye of the beholder. How do teams see Austin Reeves? But that would be ideal for the Lakers if you're going to move him. And I don't think they want to move him. I think the Lakers are going to do everything they can to not move Austin Reeves. I think they believe in him. They believe in his future. They believe in him long-term. I think they have reason to as well. I don't think that's crazy. And uh, and they're going to do everything they can to not move Austin Reeves. Aaron, has the Hawks getting Reeves, Rui, and Gabe? Okay. The Lakers get DeJounte Murray and Clint Capella and Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal and Dennis Smith Jr. Okay, so five players coming in. And then the Nets get D'Lo, JHS, Hayes, and an unprotected first. So going out, D'Lo, JHS, Hayes, Reeves, Rui, Gabe. So like all the trade chips except for like Max Christie. Plus the first. Plus the 2029 first. And you're getting back to Jante Murray, Clint Capella, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, Dennis Smith Jr. Do you have a championship team at that point? Because that's what you have to be sure of. Because if, if you do this, and this is, I'm not saying this is bad on value, but if you do this, if you do that, your opportunity cost is you can't make any other moves, basically. I mean, I, I guess if you wanted to, you could flip DeJounte Murray down the down the line or whatever. Like, you're not totally stuck, but like those are those are your assets, right? And they're all gone here. So if your team is then, gosh, what is your team? I guess it's DeJounte Murray at the one. Of course, LeBron and AD. Are you starting AD at the four and you start Capella? And then LeBron's the three? And then who's your two? I guess it could be Torian, Royce O'Neal. I guess Dorian Finney-Smith. You could he'd be a giant for a two. He's more of a four, but D'Lo's gone in the trade. Gabe has gone in the trade. I mean, it could be Max, I guess. Reeves has gone in the trade. But that's your starting five. I mean, that's not bad. Capella, AD, LeBron, Murray. And then and then there's a two that can defend and shoot the three. So like Royce O'Neal, I guess, could do it. Uh, Max Christie. And then off the bench, you've got, I mean, Rui's gone. You still have Jared Vanderbilt. You still have Cam Reddish. Still have Christian Wood, plus Dorian Finney-Smith. Which, by the way, I think most likely you'd wind up just starting Dorian Finney-Smith and Anthony Davis, and Clint Capella comes off the bench. But anyway, um, and then perhaps Royce O'Neal and Dennis Smith Jr. is your backup guard, and then Skylar Mays, and you know some of those guys. I mean, that could, I think that, that that that's a good team. That's a good team. Again, you just have to be sure this is this is going to work because you're going all in there. Eric said, my first call to a bottom-tier team would be to Charlotte to check on the availability of Rogier, Nick Richards, and P.J. Washington. You know, it wouldn't shock me if Rogier's available. In fact, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be. Um, the other ones, though, Nick Richards, P.J. Washington, we'll see. We'll see if they decide to move on from those guys or not. Uh, Robert Alexander, I would get rid of Austin Reeves before I get rid of D'Lo. D'Lo gives you more offensively. Well, uh, that, a lot of that's the contract. D'Lo has a player option, could walk away for nothing this summer. 
it's the contract with with D'Lo. That's the the concern there. We got a few more. Uh, how has the Haynes reported Murray trade looked like? Well, Haynes was mentioning something built around Rui and Austin, and saying that probably wasn't enough for the Hawks. Again, we'll see what this ultimately looks like. Sheed said, love you guys. So frustrating getting up at night and guessing which team will show up. No effort and competing at all. Greetings from Austria. Well, greetings. Welcome in from Austria. Always fun having our international fans come in. But I can only imagine. I'm exhausted by the end of these games. Those of you who are up in like the middle of the night watching these games, you're over in Europe somewhere. And man, that's brutal. That That's dedication. That's dedicated. Getting up in the middle of the night to watch this team play, and then they get their butts kicked. I feel for you guys when that happens. Um, John said, stop with the Reeves experiment, Stop, which he said earlier. Stop making him untradeable. Lakers badly need another scoring threat if LeBron suddenly decided to just pass the ball, then the team badly needs him to score. Uh, stop making Reeves untradeable. Reeves is not untradeable. I don't think so. There's like a handful of guys in the entire league that are untradeable. What Reeves is, is a player the Lakers would prefer to not move. That doesn't mean he's untradeable. Like if the Bucks call up and say, hey, we're tired of Giannis, the Lakers would go, here's Austin Reeves, no problem, right? But most teams are going to call saying like, hey, we'll give you, you know, random role player X and a top 20 protected first or something like that. And then the Lakers are like, no, we're not, trading Austin Reeves for that, right? Um, I'm not saying that's a real offer. I'm just saying the kind of offers that are going to be out there, are, are, if they're underwhelming at all, there's no chance the Lakers are going to, like they would have to be blown away in order to do an Austin Reeves trade. And that what makes them more untradeable. If, if a team were to say, hey, here's a star, great. You do it and say, Austin, thank you for your, your time here. Uh, Trevor Lane Stan said, I agree with Matt. Matt, the optimist Peralta was on the show with me said that the margin of error is so thin that almost everything needs to be perfect in order for the Lakers to win. In my opinion, as long as teams keep zoning us due to the lack of shooting, this will persist. Well, the Lakers do have to get better attacking the zone as well. We don't see teams doing it all the time, but the Lakers' offense in general has got to get better. They don't, they're, I believe they're dead last in three-point attempts. They, are, they don't shoot the three great. And they're not getting to the free-throw line quite as much as they used to. So... All of those things have created an offense that is just, it's non-threatening. It's non-threatening. And that's got to change. That's got to change. And it's got to change quick. Because in the West, it's not easy to make up ground. And I'll tell you this, the Lakers schedule come February, come March, really, March, April, it's scary. It's not good. You think it's bad right now? Go take a peek at March. Yeesh. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining. Come join us tonight. Playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Watch the game with us or hang out with us on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation during Lakers versus Jazz. 6.30 Pacific time tip-off. Come on, Lakers. Pull this off. This is not the gimme win that we see on the schedule like a month ago. But uh, Lakers need to get this done. Need to find a way. Find a way to get the win. Thanks again, everybody. Till then, till next time. See ya and stay safe.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.